0: Amen. In the book of Genesis chapter 4 we find a interesting but sad story. Mm-hmm. A sad commentary as it relates to two brothers. Amen? Amen. And so I'm going to start in reading in your hearing in verse 1 and we will end at verse Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 4, starting at verse 1, you will find these words. Now Adam knew Eve his wife, Mm -hmm. and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Mm Amen. Then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. Mm. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, mm. but Cain was a tiller of the ground. All right. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Mm. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. And his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at your door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him.
1: Hmm.
0: Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. This afternoon, I just want to talk with you for a few moments From the thought. Sin is at your door. Don't let it in. Sin is at your door. Don't let it in. When we look at our passage of scripture for the day. We must understand that this scripture is in, has a backdrop of chapter 3. The context starts in chapter 3 because chapter 3 is when men fail. Amen. When Eve and Adam disobeyed God, the fall of man occurred. And when the fall of man occurred, sin entered the world. Before that, Adam nor Eve knew anything of sin. They, they knew of good, but they didn't know of evil.
1: Wow.
0: And God warned them and he blessed them all in one statement when he said, you can eat of any tree of the garden, but except the one in the midst, which is the tree of the world, knowledge of good and evil. God never intended us To understand evil. Because he knows how evil when we experience it. How it would be insatiable in our lives. How it would infect us and cause us to be diseased with this thing called sin. Sin is disobedience to God at the highest level. Amen. So whatever the sin is. It's disobedience to God. But the Bible lets us know that sin comes to a maturity. Amen. Sin, when it is full grown, it ends in death. And it's such a sad commentary that we're only in the fourth chapter of Genesis and we already have our first murder. See, sin doesn't wait around for you to decide when you're going to do your worst stuff. It will bring it to your door early as possible. So we look at our text and we realize that Adam and Eve has just began to bore to bear children. Amen. Children are coming into the world. And so what we are able to see right out of the gate that we are born in iniquity. Yeah, yeah. The birth of Cain and Abel was a birth of the continuance of sin. As they came into the world, sin came with them. Romans allows us to see this as the idea of original sin. When Adam sinned, all have sinned. Amen. We all have been infected with the disease called sin. Amen. But our text goes on to let us know that, that when, when Eve conceived of Cain, she said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. I, I'm pretty sure she didn't mean This, but she really did acquire a man from the Lord. A man who would be full of sin as mankind is. Amen. And so we go on to see that then she bared another son and his name was Abel. And then it's interesting that God, through Moses, allows us to see what their vocation was. See, the beginning of civilization and vocation starts in chapter 4 as well, as a side note. Amen. And so we see that Cain was a tiller of the ground. He was an agriculturalist. Amen. Amen. But, but his brother Abel was a keeper of the sheep. He was a sheep herder. Amen. Amen. He kept the sheep. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the first fruits of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. This is a tough little passage, at least for the beginning Bible reader, amen. Because when you look at this passage, it appears that God is being unfair. Now, God know that, that Cain's vocation was tilling the soil. I mean, what he just brought out of that which he worked on, he knew what he could bring out of his garden to the Lord. And then after all, Abel was the keeper of the sheep. So it just seems natural that Abel, I mean, that Abel brought a sheep. Amen. But I think if you look a little closer at this text, you will start to glean some differences. When you look at the text, Deacon Johnson, we find that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. It's that, it's that, it's that indefinite article, if you will, and before the offering. He, he just brought an offering. Doesn't say he brought the best offering or any of that thing. It said an offering. Amen? Yeah. But then if you look at Abel, he brought the firstborn. Yeah. Now, Abel is more particular about his offering wow. of the flock and of their fat. In other words, he brought the choice, he, he didn't just bring any firstborn, but the firstborn that was the best, the best from his offering. His offering was the prime, but Cain, it's like he just gave something. Not the best, he just gave an offering of what he had. But in that, God begins to see our hearts. So what about us? When we bring an offering to the Lord, are we really bringing our best or are we just bringing God something? I'm here to let you know today that if you ain't bringing God your best, God's not respecting it. So you're spending a lot of time and spending a lot of whatever when you coming halfway. When you're coming not up to your best, God sees your heart. He knows whether you're really in it or you just doing it because it's something to do. But I encourage and contend with the church today. Bring your best. Whatever you're doing, bring your best. Bring your whole tithe, your whole offering. Bring your whole gifts to ministry. Don't come half-heartedly and work just a little bit and say, I'm tired and quit. Press on. As we studied in Bible study yesterday, be fervent in spirit. And don't lag and wait till the weather is right till the sun is shining and the temperature is 70 degrees, whenever you do, do it. Because the word said once again in our Bible study that we shouldn't be lagging in our diligence. Get about it right now. So, So as we look at our text, we see that God respected his offering. But after you have spent a while In the scriptures, after you have spent a while studying the canon of scripture, I think you will be able to then glean some other aspects of Abel's offering that was better than Cain's. After you begin to see the panoply of scripture, after you begin to see the whole counsel of God, we find that God was looking for an offering that would be a blood offering. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So even back at this time, I believe God orally had had told Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve, that your offering has to be an offering of an animal, of the choice animal which had no spot or blemish. See, God was teaching from the very beginning about the way out of their situation. Sin had entered the world and he was already teaching them about the way out. He was already teaching them about that lamb who had no sin who became sin for us. He was already talking about that immaculate lamb of God who they will put nails in his hands and his nails in his feet one day. He didn't give them the full picture, but he was teaching them that somebody was coming. And that somebody was coming would have to shed blood for the forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. I mean, after all, they brought an offering to the Lord. They were bringing an offering so that the Lord would be pleased. And the Lord could never be pleased with us until sin is dealt with. Yeah. It's sin that God doesn't like. And so his offering had to be a live offering. It had to be an offering that could be killed and the blood could be shed. Yeah. But not only did Cain not follow those rules, he gave a half-hearted offering out of what he had. He just said, well, you know, I'm comfortable with this. After all, this is what I do for a living. So I'm going going to give out of that which I have instead of doing what God requires. See, sometimes we get like that because we start looking at what's easy for us to do. Because every one of us has some strengths and abilities to do certain things. And we might just lean on those things alone and say those things that are hard, I'm not going to fool with. I'm not going to bother with that. I know what the Lord said, but you know what? I don't like that. I, I don't like talking to folks. I don't, I don't like hugging folks. I don't like encouraging folks. I just want to be to myself because that's me. I, I can be all by myself. But that's not what God is calling for. He's calling for affectionate love for one another, which means you got to touch somebody sometimes. You got to say something to somebody sometimes. You got to treat folk right sometimes. Amen. 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 But most of all, you got to treat your brothers and sisters right. Because after all, the context of this passage and the content is these two brothers. But it allows us to see that, 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 that sin has no, has no uh, respect of person. Sin don't care nothing about it. Is that my sister or my brother? Uh, that's my, my brother in the Lord, a sister in the Lord. That's my blood brother or blood sister. No, sin doesn't have that. How many times have we heard of, of brothers killing one another over lawnmowers, or over chief games, or just crazy stuff in the last 20 years of me living up in here? But more or less the things that I've seen when I lived in Texas. No. Amen. Brothers and sisters robbing one another. Mistreating one another. Because blood is not thicker than water when it comes to spiritual things. No. Amen. you got to have Jesus down on the inside. I don't care who's your mother, your brother, your father, your sister, your daughter, your son. You better have Jesus down on the inside or you'll mess around there and treat them wrong. Amen. Amen. And so when you're dealing with this kind of situation, God is trying to tell these two that what you need is you need a sacrifice without spot or blemish Mm. that can shed blood for you for the remission of your sins. What they need is the Messiah that is to come. But Cain wasn't interested in that. Because Cain wasn't even interested in going to his brother Abel if he had to and getting a good offering, amen, amen? he's just like I don't want to worry with that I'm just going to do what's easy for me and see that's another thing about church that can get you all messed up, it's this idea in our culture today of easy believing all I got to do is come to church and get on the roll and everything's going to be alright, all I got to do is make a decision and come up and give my, my membership to the church, no it's way more than that, amen. It's about giving your life to Jesus Christ and saying not just will he be your savior but he also needs to be your Lord. The Bible says if we confess the Lord Jesus if we confess the Lord Jesus if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. I mean Jesus is not just our savior he's got to be our Lord, Amen. Because as we talked about last week, it's about them fruits. And if Jesus is not your Lord, you're not going to bear good fruit. Amen. If you're supposed to be a Christian tree and bearing the fruits of the Spirit, if Jesus is not the Lord of your life, you ain't going to bear it. Amen. Amen. So, so once again, we have to look at ourselves. We have to have introspective. Where are we Amen. in our walk? Are we really trying to walk with the Lord and strive to be fervent in spirit, or are we just playing church? Amen. Amen. So, so when we look at our text, we see that 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 in verse five that he did not respect Cain and his offering. Sister Bond, when I look at this text, it's very disturbing. Because it says, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Mm. We have a saying today, and I say it a lot myself, but I want to get clear on this today God loves the sinner, but he hates the sinner. But Sister Childress, when I look at this text, it says God did not respect Cain and his offering. Mm. I believe that, once again, that God does love the sinner and hate the sin. But there's a problem in that if you're still a sinner, then there's no separation between you and the sin. And because the sin is in you, when God has to exact judgment, he exacts judgment on the sin and the one connected to it. So even though he loves the sinner and hates the sin, because you are in sin, you got to go with it. You in that boat, you in that ship and the ship got to go down. And since you're in it, you got to go down too. You're not going to get out on a technicality and say, well, Lord, you said that you love the sinner. I'm a sinner, but but you hate the sin. I know I was doing it, but can't you separate me from the sin? No. Then he wouldn't be righteous. Because God says there's got to be a sacrifice of blood shed for the remission of sins. If you're not trusting in Jesus and his finished works and his atonement on the cross... There's no separation between you and your sin. Which leads me back to the words of Paul the Apostle when he said, But I thank God that with my mind I serve the law of God, but with my body, the law of sin. He could only say that after trusting in the finished work of Jesus. Because in reality, If his mind had been still serving the law of sin, he's going to hell as well. But see, his mind was serving the law of God because he had been changed. He had been changed because he had put his trust and his faith in Jesus. And now he was in Jesus knowing that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. In that new creature that the soul and the spirit are set apart from the flesh. So that now you have a separation because of what Jesus has done. Now your soul and your spirit is in the ark of safety. It's in Jesus. And so when the the wrath comes down, when the rains come, it will destroy the body, but it won't destroy the soul. See, that's what you want to get right because the real you is on the inside. The real you is where we can't see right now. The real you is not the one that we put nice clothes on and we dress up and wash and that. But the real you is on the inside. And the only washing that can be done to that part that will be effective is washing by the word of God and faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. There is no other way to the Father except through him. And when we look at our text, praise the Lord, we see that when God didn't respect his offering, Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Well, yeah. Sin is at your door. Don't let it in. When, you, when you're not right with the Lord, when, you, when you're doing things that's against God's law, And God sends somebody or he talks to you by his spirit about it. Don't get angry. Repent. Get right with the Lord. Don't do like Cain. Look, see, Cain's problem right there is he would not face the fact that he was doing wrong. But he decided, well, if the Lord won't take my offering the way I want to, I'm going to be mad about it. He was selfish. It was all about Cain and about nobody else but sometimes we get in ourselves that way it's all about us and what we want and how we want it Uh, we don't like the way things are going or what folks are saying then we got a problem with it and we want things changed we want our jobs to change to a way that's more comfortable for us but sometimes it don't need to change at all because the way it is is better for us because it's making us better in him Sometimes the, the, the ones that we're working with that keep giving us trouble and keep, keep putting stuff in our way and scandalizing our name, it's good for us. It ain't good to us, but it's good for us. Because the Bible lets us know in Philippians chapter 1 that there's a blessing in suffering. Sometimes that person God has a brought along just to start beating you up in that area of your life that needs to be fixed anyway. That area of your life that if everything was going good, you'd never address. That area of your life of a hot temper maybe and of of a desire to quit before the job is done, that person is coming right alongside as a minister of God in your life and you don't even know it. So we stay the course wherever God has put us because all things work together for the good, the good and the bad. It works together for the good. So sometimes you ought to be praying and thanking God for your enemies. I know that get hard because you don't like it. I don't like it. But in all due reality, sometimes our enemies is the best thing for us. Because it causes us to have to deal with areas of our life that need to be fixed. I don't know about you, but I've had some folks come into my life that I never would have thought would have been in there. And that they were in a position that I couldn't get rid of. They were worse off than just being one of my co-workers on a job because I got eight to ten hours with them and then I might get away from them and I go to another job. But sometimes it's in your family. Sometimes you got some folk in your family that you can't stand. They just get on your nerve every time you see them. They make you want to cuss when you ain't cussed in years. Huh? Huh? Well, they make you think bad thoughts because they're on your nerves all the time. Every time you see them or they're doing something, they're hurting the ones you love. See, sometimes you get a joker in your family who's starting to mistreat your family members and beating on folks and doing stuff, stealing, and then you really get mad because not only you don't like them, but you don't like what they're doing to your loved one. But right there, but right there, God has got us where he wants us to be. Because right there is the time when we say, Lord, I see myself. Lord, and I acknowledge to you what you say about me. And Lord, I need you to come in and clean me up and turn me around. I I need to to, to be that 1 John 1-9 that says, I confess my sin and know that God is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to what? Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Because see, that's what we need. We need a cleansing. And this, as we saw in our, our responsive reading, how, how uh, David said, create in me a clean heart that I might not sin against thee. See, we can't do this on our own. We need God to come in and do it. Amen? Amen. But we don't need to respond like Cain did. Get all mad. Say, well, Lord, you know he ain't right. And you know I don't like him and I don't want to do nothing with him. And you telling me I need to, to, to be nice to him. I need to help him out. I'm mad. I ain't going to do it. That's Cain. But you know what? Sin is at your door. Don't let it in. Don't let it in. So as we continue in our text, we see his countless fail. Now see, everything's going awry now. Now everybody can see something wrong with Cain. See, sometimes we get like that. Sometimes we can hold some of that stuff in and, and, and people can't see it. But then when we let it get us so much, you start to get a scowl on your face. You start to get a, 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 a nasty attitude that folk can see. And everybody's saying, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with her? But you know, that's scary business when you're dealing with a Christian. Because you remember, we are ambassadors of Christ to the world. We don't need to be showing the world that old kind of, of messiness. Amen. Because they're looking at us to be those ones who are Christ followers. A lot of them act like they don't know nothing about the Lord, but they know a little something. And they know that Christians ought to be at a higher standard than them and their crookedness. Amen. Amen. So we got to watch it. We got to take this thing to God in a hurry when we get out of sorts like that. Because there is a mission we're on and there's some folks whose lives is in our hands. We are the watchmen, and the blood will be on our hands if we lead them to straight. Oh, it's a big responsibility when you name the name Christ, when you say you are of the way. Because you are the way, the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by him. We are his body and his ambassadors, his representatives. So therefore, if we lead them astray, how will they get to him? Amen. We have the keys to the kingdom. It's a big responsibility. We got to get that nasty attitude to God in a hurry and ask God to forgive us and clean us up so we be right with him. Not only that we please him, but that we have the right representation to the world. So we go on with our text. And the Lord so graciously and lovingly comes to Cain and says, Cain, why are you angry? Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Now God's not asking these questions because God doesn't understand it and he needs, he needs Cain to articulate the reasons and the rhyme by which he's looking sour like he's eating sour grapes. God already knows. And God already knows when we are walking around like that too. God already knows even when we have put on false face and looking like we are right, but inside we're boiling. God already knows. But he asked these questions so that Cain can then also take a look at himself. And the Holy Spirit does that for us when we're out of sorts and acting funny and all that kind of stuff. The Holy Spirit convicts us and asks us the same question. What's wrong with you? God has done all this for you. He saved your soul when you deserve to be in a burning hell. He's now prepared for you a place where you got many mansions and he's now giving you joy and peace on the inside and that the world didn't give you and the world can't take away. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you when I've given you all of these blessings? I've given you a good job, maybe a good home, a nice family. I've given you the church, my Holy Spirit. I've given you things that are intangible, but you guys still got a frown on your face. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I've given you health and strength. I've given you position. I've given you gift. And all you can do is sit up and frown and talk against your brother. What's wrong with you? That's what the Holy Spirit will say to us. And right at that time, we need to start repenting right away and say, Lord, you're right. I'm off. I'm wrong. I'm sinful. Lord, forgive me, Lord. Lord, clean me up and turn me around and put my feet back on solid ground. Because I don't want to be out of sorts, and I don't want to be the reason why somebody else falls. I don't want to be the reason why somebody else stops coming to church. I don't want to be the reason why somebody else stops living a life that's pleasing unto you. I don't want to be the reason why that unregenerate individual never did trust you because they were looking at the wishy-washy me. Oh, it's a big responsibility, amen, being a Christian. But you need to know these things. You need to understand these things because this ease of believers in Christianity that this world lets us know it's all off and it's all out of kilter. There's a big responsibility. Amen, amen. If you do well, God says, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. He says, if you obey me, will you not be accepted? But if you don't obey me, you're in a whole lot of trouble because sin is lying at the door. Sin is waiting at your door for you to start messing up and getting a stinking attitude and all that stuff and it's saying, all right, I got them now. Mm. And when they open up that door of a bad attitude and, and malicious thought, I'm coming in and I'm going to do what I do and that is destroy. Yeah. Because the wages of sin is death.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: See, it comes on in and it says, I got them now. who I see that envy they have for their brother or sister. who I see that jealousy, that strife, that dissension, that division. Ah, there it is. I'm coming on in that door. Oh, you want to you wanna cuss them out anyway? Go ahead. Oh, you want to lie on them anyway? Go ahead. Oh, you want to put your foot out and trip them? Go ahead. Sin lies at your door. But don't let it in. Get there in a hurry to repent and say, Lord, clean me up. I don't want to be responsible for that. I need to be straightened out right now. So our text goes on to say that after this conversation, God said, he said, he said, the desire is for you. He said, it's desire is for you, but you should rule over it. What I just got through saying is exactly what this text means. The word desire here doesn't mean that it wants to have an affectionate relationship with him. Mm -hmm. It wants to be close. No, this word desire for you means it wants to master you. Mm -hmm. It wants to control you. Sin wants to control you. It wants to take dominance in your life and get you to acting crazy all the time. It wants to have comprehensive rule over you that your everyday is walking around in sinful ways. Your everyday is full of adultery and fornication and strife and backbiting and lying and cheating and, and, and uh, mistreating your brothers and sisters. It's all that. And a bag of chips, if someone would say it, all of that. He wants complete mastery. But the text says, but you should, master, should rule over it. So, in other words, the Lord is saying, but Cain, I've given you something to overcome that scene. You don't have to give in to that. And church, you don't have to give in because God has given us the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the Holy Spirit can kill the deeds of the flesh. But you got to let the Holy Spirit have his way. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. If you don't want him, then he won't get pushed his way in there. You got to say, Lord, fill my cup. Lord, fill me with your spirit and take over, Lord, and allow the spirit to kill them deeds. But sometimes we love being mad and we love being angry and, and we love having that mindset of, how I'm going to get them back. Mm. Even though we might not say it, that's what we do when we hang on to it. When we say, I'm going to hold on to this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to wait to the right opportunity. That's because you love sin, but you can't get away with it because, it because sin is at your door. And when it's let in, it's got some dire consequences. Amen. When we look at our text and we go down to the end of the text, we see after God had had this conversation, it was like they never had it at all. Look at, look at verse 8, y'all. Now Cain talked with his brother Abel. Amen. Some translations say, I think the Samaritan Pentateuch also adds that he said to his brother, let us go out to the field. By implication, that is what's going on. He's having a talk with his brother, but he's wanting to get him out there. Well, He's going to take him out there and it says, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother And killed him. You see how Cain. Took his brother out into the field. I believe by implication. It was taking him out. Away from everybody else. So he could get out there. In the dark places. And do his dark deeds. And see, sometimes that's what we get tricked into when sin is crouching at the door and we let it in. We wait till we get home and get on the telephone and start talking about one another in a big time way and setting us up to be tripped up, trying to figure out ways to, I'm going to get them because I don't like what they're doing. I I feel hurt by what they did, so I'm going to get after them. Now, we all know how this goes. But it's at the door. You don't have to let it in. Amen. We got to get back to what God is saying. Watch this thing. Seeing you must master it. And don't let it master you. Because before you know it, when sin master you, you're doing stuff you ain't got no business doing. Next thing you know, somebody's getting hurt. And the thing about sin is, you don't know the ultimate consequences of it your idea might have been just to trip them and maybe they'll fall maybe they'll fall down and scar that knee or the elbow but you don't know that when you trip them they may fall and break their neck and go to their death because sin kills so I'm here today to encourage you saints of God to don't get there in the first place when that comes upon you repent right away because you don't let sin come in that way because it desires to rule you But you should rule over it. And you have the ability because it's been already given to you by God. When Jesus said it's more expedient that I go to the father and send forth the comforter. It's because the comforter has the power to overcome sin. Saints of God, it is that day. Amen. To realize that Jesus Christ died almost 2000 years ago for this very reason. That we would have a way out of this muck and mire. A way out of this. Amen. And that he died so that we might live and live right. He was buried and on that third day he got up with all power in his hand. Because he desired not to just die for you but to come back and live in you. So that you live right. The doors of the church are open. If there's anybody in here today who does not know our Lord and Savior in the part of their sin, you can get to know him today. You can get to know him. You can come and you can be just where you need to be in him. Right now, for the saint of God, who's harboring ill thoughts, Lord, have mercy today. Let we take it to the Lord and make sure that the Lord cleans us up. Repent of it and don't let sin in. Amen. But for those who don't know him, you can come today. You can get to know this Jesus that has power over sin. You can get to know this Jesus that has peace that overflows. He got peace that surpasses all understanding. He's got joy. He's got everything you need. And it's in Jesus. It's in Jesus our Lord. You can come to him right now. Come to Jesus. You can come to him today. You can come by letter. Amen. You can come by baptism. You can come by Christian experience. If you're a saint of God that's not where you need to be, you can come. Amen. Amen. If you don't know him, come today. Amen. Amen. His God, this is the song that brought me to the Lord. All right, Jesus, Every time I sing this song, he just brings me
1: joy. Time, I know he's always there for me. Amen. Amen. Oh, the somebody's first thing. Amen. Oh, talk to me.
0: You can call. I'm
1: alone in the room. It's just me and you.
0: Uh, Yes.
1: I feel so
0: Amen. Amen. Amen, Sister Children. Amen. There is none that came, but there is still plenty of good room. Amen. But if we can just open up our hearts. Amen. Thank you, Sister Children. Amen. Amen. And amen, as we get ready for our benediction and our offering, amen. Amen. Um, To the choir members that are here and Um, the Finance Committee. Once again, uh, Brother Sean is here. Amen. And we'll meet with him in my office after morning worship. Amen. 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 And God bless our ushers, our young ushers today. They did a great job. Amen. Amen. Just love to see young people on post. Amen. 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 Well, if all minds and hearts are clear, amen, let us stand for our benediction. where he God our Father. Lord we bless your name Master for the offering that we are about to give. Lord we ask once again in the name of Jesus that you bless it to be used for the edification of the church and the outreach to those who are outside of the commonwealth of God. Lord help us to be all that we are to be in you in our giving, in our ministry Lord, in our relationships with one another. And Lord we want to be so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. Lord as we go from this place to our perspective homes and to our evening service, oh God. Lord, have your way, Master. Protect us from all hurt, harm, and danger, oh Lord. And Lord, we want to be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus and the whole church saying, Amen.